What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Dan, it's been a while. It has. It has. We've not been able to sync up much lately, you and me. Nope. Um, and I appreciate you uh, kind of taking the lead uh, the past couple of weeks, even with the, um, the, the non episode, notwithstanding. Yeah, right. Right. I don't know if you noticed, but I still am keeping the, uh, the episodes numerical. Um, even though that episode didn't air, this is technically, um, our 20th episode. Woohoo. How about that? Which, yeah, we, we made it, you guys. I don't know what that, what we get for that, but all the way to a lucky number 20 something. That's, yeah, it is. It is in fact something. So, um, and I wanted to go ahead and say I uh, I really appreciated the um, the episode that you put up last week. Um, Dan sent that to me. He's like, "Hey, I made something. Um, if you think it's a bummer, don't don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah. And I listened to it, and I, and I I my exact response was, "This isn't a bummer. This is really good." Um, and in a way, you know in your frustration and being, you know, willing to, to talk about it and open up, um, you really managed to acknowledge some stuff that I've been feeling recently mm. and it's got nothing to do with the, you know, I, I, I have, you know, I have work and I have a lot of things that are going well, but, um, just this particular season in my life, I've just been having, um, I've been having, having issues with anxiety and depression a lot. Um, and this is one of the, you know, this is a, a creative outlet and it can be stressful at times, but, um, I think it's important that we acknowledge that, you know, these are real things that happen, um, to people, all walks of life, all different situations. Um, and this particular season, basically since I started this, uh, we started this podcast has not been a great season for me, um, emotionally, I guess. Um, mm. and I have mentioned before that, you know, I'm in counseling and, um, I think it's important and I think that, um, it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in mental health issues in, uh, this particular industry. Uh, we are insecure people by nature. Uh, it's kind of the reason why we trade, uh, notes for claps, uh, is cause <laughs> we're, we're looking for validation from other people. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you the, um, um, so a couple things to say about last week's episode. First of all, um, I really just um, so appreciate the feedback that I got and the support and love and um, some of it <laughs> attempting to be tough love. Yeah, you got I, some tough love. Yeah, that's, that's true. That I got from the community. It's really, um, but you know, all of that was was um, just so well taken and so appreciated. And I, and I really um, just thank everybody who reached out and everybody who thought to, you know, I, I you know, the all of that was just really. Great. Um, you should be really clear. Like I, there was no, pe some people like, Oh, don't beat yourself up, man. Uh, there wasn't really any beating up in that for me. It was, it was really just sort of acknowledging, um, uh, where I've been at and, <clears throat> and a, a great old coach of mine one time talked about acknowledging the space. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you, or, uh, sorry, what she said was name the space. If, yeah. if, you know, if, if there's something going on and you just aren't comfortable or don't have a, um, full room to operate, 
Um, if you just take a second and get what's really there and give it a name, say what it is, uh, just that action starts to loosen up its grip on you. And, and it really did, you know, putting, putting that podcast up and, um, I don't know about you, but Adam, but I have a completely narcissistic habit of listening to the podcast after you put it up on the, no, I totally do. I listen to it as well. Absolutely. Um, Um, and so like listening to means something, but I'm sure it does. We'll take, we'll take it to our therapist, but, um, the listening to myself, um, just to say all that I said in those 10 minutes there was really in, in a way, um, really valuable. And then, and then of course I packed my family in a car and went to the beach for four days, which is a complete mind resetter for me that, you know, the beach is very much a, uh, um, quiet home kind of space for me. Um, and this morning I was, uh, I got news that I have a second interview for a opportunity to work that would, not quite double my earlier salary, but darn near. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just uh, life is an amazing thing that moves at a at the speed it moves at, and trying to yeah. rush it doesn't work, and trying to slow it down doesn't work, and <laughs> just really, it uh, you know, it just really works to take life on life's terms. Is kind of kind of the the takeaway for me from um, from the last month or so of my life. And, and, and anyway, so I really just, um, I'm glad to have been able to share that and I'm glad it resonated with, uh, some people, including you, Adam. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, for sure it was, it was an expression of really where I've been at and, and it's not the only time in my life I've dealt with that. Certainly not even around music, not even, you know, in the last year, is it the only time I've dealt with, yeah. you know, just like a lack of motivation and a lack of feeling like it's worth it. And, um, and then on the other hand, you know, you play that freaking killer gig and that next morning you're exhausted and elated and there's just nothing in the world like it. And you remember so completely why it is we do all this and why, yeah. um, you, know, you know, why I lug a PA halfway across the state to, to do some crazy thing. You know, um, it's, it's all really clear in that moment. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, in, in anything, the, uh, the, the willingness or the bravery to, to do something, to talk about something or, you know, just speak it into existence. Like this, this podcast is, is evidence of that. This is something that I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I was finally like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but let's go ahead and just make one and see where it goes. And it, you know, it's kind of taken us on this, this journey. Um, and you know, it's funny, you know, talking about, you know, anxiety, you know, part of the thing that's been going on is the, situation, my emotional situation has kind of started to spill into work and had to have a, you know, a talk with work and they're kind of like, Hey, you know, you're, it's, we're starting to notice that stuff is happening and it's affecting your job. And that kind of, you know, put a whole kind of spin on things. And it's like, do I want to look for something else? Or is it a situation where I just need to kind of like, I need to fix this mindset. Otherwise I'm just taking this weird headspace to a new place. I'm not Mm -hmm. really I'm not improving the situation. I'm just changing it or running away from it. So, um, on a related note, I started reading this book and I'm about halfway through it. <laughs> the title's great. Uh, the title is the problem was me. <laughs> it's a, it's a book by a guy named, uh, Thomas Gagliano. Um, and it's just kind of a story of this guy's journey through, you know, destructive behavior and kind of finding a way out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Uh, it has 
you know, it's been really, really helpful to me. I'm at the point now where it's like they keep bringing up the stories that make me realize that, yes, I do need this. I haven't gotten to the part where they actually like tell you how to fix it. Mm. Um, so right now I just feel convicted and I'm highlighting lots of things, but I, I have no usable tools at the moment. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a valuable place. You know, convicted is a, is a, is a, is a juicy uh, moment. So yeah, <laughs> that's better than denial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was me. I mean, you can't get any, you know, right. any more direct than that. So, right. right. So, uh, cool. and, and on, on that, you know, the topic of self doubt and motivation and that kind of thing. Um, I had a gig experience that kind of played into that this past week. Um, so I had mentioned a couple of times in the, um, in my area, there's a, there's like a Facebook group of guys who kind of trade gigs for these acoustic shows all over town. And, I had one pop up that I had availability for, and I reached out to a guy who I'd worked with before, and I was like, "Hey, um, I'm available for this date if you need somebody." And he goes, "Hey, man, I got a level with you. Um, I got some bad feedback from the last time you did an event for me, hmm. and I, I was kind of surprised by that." And he told me which one it was, and I was like, "I don't really understand what this could be because, you know, I handed out business cards, I made like over a hundred dollars in tips." Um, the only thing I remember is there was a couple of times where an older couple asked me to turn down. Um, and that very well could have been the only thing. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, that kind of, that was a bit of a gut punch. Cause I was like, man, that sucks. Um, I've never had, you know, I've, that's just not something that I'm accustomed to experiencing. Yeah. And while I'm sitting there kind of beating myself up, um, another message pops up because, Hey, can you play an acoustic date literally in the same town for more money <laughs> the same <laughs> night? And I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, and then I messaged that other guy. I was like, hey, man, uh, don't worry about it. Got another gig. Uh, if you want to come out, you should come check it out. So it was just kind of this weird, weird moment. And um, the main, it, it, and it's funny because this is the first time this has ever happened, but you know, I was very aware that volume could have been the issue. And so I had management come up to me twice during my last gig asking me to turn up because oh. I wasn't loud enough. So. I don't know if that's better. I think they just want you to magically know what the volume is supposed to be, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, if any more pop up, you know, that's cool. And I mean, acoustic dates are, are just, you know, it's, it's fun money and, uh, just flexing a different set of muscles. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to get back out there and, you know, as a guy who doesn't play a lot of public dates, uh, it's, it's good to have, you know, a couple here and there to be like, Hey, if you want to actually see me, right. uh, you can come and do this and it's free. So, right. Right. Very cool. So yeah, listen, can that's I, let what me, you let missed. Just, um, let, let, while we're talking about public dates, just shift away from, yep. um, uh, mental health <laughs> and back into <laughs> cover bands as a business. Yeah. Let's um, get, let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah, seriously. I think we've, I think we've done enough, uh, navel gazing for maybe, till our next 20th episode. Um, Gosh, I hope so. The, um, the, uh, a thing that you and I have sawed on quite thoroughly is the don't play for free, uh, bandwagon, right? The, the, um, you know, all of that. Um, and I want to, I want to, uh, let you know that this Friday, uh, (laughs) we're playing for free and, um, and I want to sort of lay out our thinking about why this is an exception and why it's worth it. Um, turns out at the Winston Salem dash, uh, minor league baseball park. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, 
It's a triple A um, team. I mean, so they're like as close to the majors as you can get and still be minor league. And they are, gosh, I have known who they're a feeder team for, but I it's escaping me right now. Um, and it's a big deal in Winston-Salem. People come out to it. It's well attended. Um, and they have a little stage in the concourse by the, like behind the third baseline. And they're having bands there on Friday nights for an mm-hmm. hour before the show starts. And we were asked to, to do it. And so, um, this literally is, it's not a benefit. It's not for anyone. It is, um, strictly an explosion, an exposure gig, yeah. which, um, I would, you can apparently die from. You can, you can, you can, yeah, you need a coat and, um, good, um, yeah, you can die from exposure, it turns out. <clears throat> Hopefully not this kind. Um, yeah. But, um, apparently we're going to be in the big house PA. We're going to be, they're going to take a feed off of our mixer and put it mm-hmm. in the ballparks PA. And their announcer guy is going to read a paragraph we write. So I'm thinking up like good tongue twisters for him and whatnot. But yeah, you were mentioning this, uh, this was probably a few episodes back. You were mentioning yeah. that this was some, and, and I had, you know, suggested some sort of lurid, ridiculous, you know, titles Something. that you guys hold. Yeah. But listen, I'll tell you, our having this date actually got us a date in a new venue. That's like kitty corner from the ballpark because we mm-hmm. told him we would say, you know, come see us over at such and so next weekend. Ah, so we were able to parlay it. I mean, you know, right there, exposure turned into a paid gig. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think we're going to be, um, in some ways we'll be wallpaper as people come walking in and find their seats, but hopefully we're, you know, I think the show we put on is sticky enough. We'll grab people yeah. to stick around at least for a song or so as they come by. Um, yeah, I've done a handful of those kinds of events and it, it, it kind of varies. You know, you'll get, you'll get kind of different ranges of, you know, sure. of crowds. So, sure. and you know, and the thing is we, we have fun when, you know, the crowd's gone and we're just playing by ourselves in an empty bar, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I like having an audience to engage with. That's important to me, but if there's not one, I still have fun. So I'm not too worried about that. If they're all just, you know, cruising past us and not, not stopping to hear anything. Um, but yeah, that's a valuable lesson. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll, um, I'll let you know how that goes. It's, um, it's going to be Friday night. Um, when you say they're, they're, you know, they're paying you in beer and hot dogs, which that's you right. Know, that's right. They could come off, you know, you guys could come out winners in that one easy. That's true. Well, and tickets we're going to get, um, I think we requested a total of like 18 tickets for the band mm-hmm. and our families. So, you know, if we were going to go to a ball game anyway, we'd more than get paid for that. So, so um, I did some quick Google foo. They are the farm team for the Chicago White Sox. Okay. Uh, they had been that way since apparently 1997. And um, when I was, uh, when when the 80s band previous to members only got started, which has still has some of the same members, um, we played a show in Asheville, North Carolina. Nice. Um, and part of the promo was that we went out and I actually threw the first pitch at the uh, the Asheville Tourists uh, AAA Sweet. game. Sweet. Uh, Very nice. I completely embarrassed myself, but luckily I was wearing a wig and a crazy outfit, so no one knew <laughs> who I really was. Plus you were, you were several hours out of town, so who cares? Right. But I think the guy said, like, now we know why he's a musician. So I was like, oh. I, was like eh, I, I deserve that. Thanks. Because I did. I, wh- I whiffed it pretty bad. I did well, not stretch. I did not warm up. It was just kind of a throw. Well, it was literally a throw and go. 
um, yeah. I threw the ball and I went <laughs> to the bar yeah. to play the, to yep. play our show. So yep. yeah, baseball, sports, baseball. music, it's all good. So, um, you've got the, you've got the, uh, the baseball game this weekend. You have any other, um, big things on the horizon? Well, we're back at Sawmill. So next week, uh, so that's this weekend. Next weekend mm-hmm. we have a doubleheader. We're, we're back at Sawmill on Friday and then we're playing that place across from the ballpark on Saturday. Wow. Um, and we try not to do Friday and Saturday night weekends. I had an opportunity to book a Saturday night show, um, this weekend as well, but that would have been two weekends in a row of Friday and Saturday, which is just a lot for us. Yeah. So, uh, we just, we passed on the, the, the one this Saturday. Um, yeah, we've got a, we've got a double header in September, which I'll, I'll talk about in, in just a few minutes. Cause I've, I've got my little gripe corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my update's done. I, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot more to say. Why don't we, let's gotcha. just move right on into Adam's gripes. All Here right. So, um, this coming weekend, so this is, you know, this is probably more information than necessary, but we were, uh, we were, I was supposed to go to, uh, Chicago, uh, with my wife to, um, cause she was doing a business thing up there and I was going to fly in and we were going to spend a couple days up there and then fly home. Um, that totally got hosed, um, because the company that she was going up there to meet canceled the whole thing due to some weird acquisition based stuff. So I had to mm. eat a, um, a non-refundable flight to Chicago and back, which kind of sucks. Mm. Um, and, and actually while we were up there, my, you know, my agenda was <laughs> to go to Chicago music exchange, you know, pay my respects. Right. Um, and then there was also, uh, there was an event that was right by our hotel, uh, with an eighties band in Chicago called 16 candles, which cool. if you, you should go look those guys up because they are uh, phenomenal. And I got that recommendation from a guy, um, who plays drums in a band called run forest run, who I have <laughs> been in touch with, um, about the whole nineties thing because they nice. are, um, a very successful nineties band in the Chicagoland area. And, um, he's just been a really great source and has been willing to kind of talk things through like, Hey, how about this song? And how about this song? And that's been super helpful. So, um, because we can't do that and I already took the time off, we are going to Nashville, uh, tomorrow. Um, we're going to spend a couple days up there. So I'll, I'll still get my vintage guitar fix. Um, and, uh, I won't have to fly. So that part's okay. We're coming back for a show on Saturday. Um, and this is an event that I had alluded to previously where, um, the real estate guy in a neighborhood is kind of giving us grief about our, our contract and all of that. So, um, we're doing it for a little bit less money because we were at the time we were kind of dry for August dates. Um, and then when the advance got sent out this week, uh, our bass player goes, um, I didn't know about this. I'm already booked. Ooh. And I went back and forth with the admin and he's like, I don't have any record of this. And so it just got lost in the shuffle. And so that kind of puts me in a crud place. And so I've been scrambling to find subs and actually I have to find a sub for that position for the next three dates that we've got, including Fanny pack Friday. Now the, the double header that's coming in September um, I'm out my, uh, my bass player and also my drummer because at the end of next week, he is getting four screws removed from his spine. Right. So I've got to onboard, um, an entire rhythm section for these two dates and, and, and it being a specialty date, you know, kind of just adds insult to injury, uh, literally. 
Um, so that's been a, a point of contention and, and it is a, it is one of the, it's the fanny pack Friday date that we have at, um, downtown and the first one went really well. And I want the second one to, to be just as good, if not better. Right. Um, it's just kind of hard to, um, to build momentum on the backs of people who have not participated previously. So, and, and the, the current situation based on the lineup is that me and, the female vocalist are the only people who have done the nineties stuff. <laughs> uh, everybody else is green. So hmm. that's a, a point of stress. And, and I've been, you know, part of me wants to be like, just, we'll do the same set list. It doesn't matter. And the other part of me is like, that's not, that's not the way to go. You should add some stuff, change some stuff up to keep it interesting. Otherwise people don't want to, they're not going to want to come. Right. So I'm trying to come up with, you know, two or three new tracks and maybe rearranging some stuff. And I've got some ideas and it's just been a, a bit of a, a stressor. Um, but promo videos went out, uh, on social media today and we're moving forward and I'm just, you know, I'm just going to hope for the best. I've got good people, uh, in those positions and, um, just hoping that they do their homework. We're going to start rehearsing hopefully next week and um, have something to offer these uh, these folks when uh, when the show comes up. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah. about doing the work. You know, it always is. We brought in um, a second drummer because um, Tony travels a lot. Um, and the ball game is going to be his second show with us. And um, mm-hmm. he's good. He's, he's good. He's a good drummer. And he's... Um, feel wise, you know, he has his own feel and it's different from Tony's feel. And there's, there Mm -hmm. is the work of getting our heads around that. And so when we were prepping for the wedding, we played with him a couple of months ago. Um, it it's at first, it seemed like we were getting him ready, but in fact, we were, we were locking in as a new band, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. around a different drummer, which feels completely different. And, um, um, but you know, it's just a matter of time in the rehearsal room. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing more to it than that in my experience. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, people don't notice the components. True. They, they, you know, it's, it's the entire, you know, it's the unit, it's the product that goes out. Um, and I've got to be better about detaching myself from that because, because my, you know, effectively my name is on the, on the brand. Uh, I feel pressure for things that I have no control over. You know, if, if somebody messes up, like that's on them, that's not on me. Um, but I still feel the responsibility for that and just trying to, you know, I need to let go of that a little bit. So I mean, I more think, action I think items. the a, problem was me. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I mean, I think, I think there is a, a healthy level of ownership of that for the band leader. I think, um, well, I, well, it's certainly true that like, there are plenty of mistakes that happen on stage that nobody in the audience ever notices. Yeah. The show is made up of those little moments. And yes, that makes them unique. Yeah. And you want, you want all of the, um, I'm sorry. I don't mean, I don't mean the mistakes. I mean, I mean like every, every, every detail feeds into the consumer's whole experience. So you do need to own all of those little details and if on stage one of them gets screwed up, you sort of have to hold that a little bit loosely. Yeah. But in but prep, don't let go. I, yeah. But do you know, yeah. I mean, if you cling too tightly, you're going to lose uh, control. You'll just, you, it, it, yep. Yeah. So don't do that. But <sighs> no. the point is that, uh, we're such dorks. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, it, for, for me, 
really grieving over those details is valuable in rehearsal, but then you have to change your mind about it when you get on stage. And it has to yeah. be that um, we're all just here having a good time and we're as prepped as we are and we're just going to let it rip. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a thing Coltrane said, right? Like um, study your music, study your scale, study the charts, and then throw away the music and just blow. Yeah. It's kind of like that. You make Yeah, if you make one mistake, it's a mistake. Make that mistake again, that's jazz. That's right. That's right. That's what they keep telling me. That's right. I'm just not in a jazz band. That's the problem. Right. Well, even in rock and roll, there are no wrong notes. It's just all how you resolve them. Yeah. That's true. I have definitely bent my way into some... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Into some, yeah. some really creative uh, endeavors. Totally. Totally. For sure. Um, on, a, on a positive note, I've been working with um, the video guys and trying to get some of uh, some of our footage kind of locked in. Um, and then uh, my graphics buddy who had helped us with some other stuff has um, put together a design for our stage scrims, which I've been talking about forever and kind of yeah. went on like a, it went on hiatus because um, he got busy. There was a bunch of stuff and he just sent me some files that I'm just through the moon about. Um, and I, we just got to start playing some more gigs so I have the money to pay for them. Um, right. The other thing is that we're trying to do is we um, I, I just bought this kit. We haven't installed it yet. Uh, it's a, I think they're called Galaxy Drums. And they make something mm-hmm. called uh, it's basically it's an it's a it's an LED light strip for your kick drum that has an internal trigger built into it. So you install it on the inside of the kick and you can set it to a couple of different programs, but it basically, it'll light up whatever color you want it to light up um, every time the kick drum is hit. Cool. Uh, So we're, we're switching our kick uh, front kick head from a black one to a white one. And we're going to put these lights behind it. And I think it'll look pretty sweet, especially if we get these scrims ever put together. Uh, I think it will look super slick and I'm really excited about it. Um, I just have to, you know, procure the funds. Right. Galaxy Drums, that's called? Yeah, I, I might have to send, uh, I'll, I'll send you a link. I don't, I don't want to necessarily shout them out until I've given this thing a shot sure. uh, to see if, it, see if it works. But um, I'm optimistic. I've seen some, some footage and, you know, some other people have tried it and it looks really slick. So. That's cool. That's really cool. It's, it was the most affordable and functional thing that I was looking for. There's other companies that make, um, well, Pearl has a has a set. They they call them drum lights, um, and on some Pearl kits, you can actually get them installed with the hardware, like from the get go. Hmm. Uh, but it's in, it's way more expensive, sure. and um, but like it can do like DMX integration. Like you can program your drums to as a light show. It's it's cool. It's a bit more involved, and I ain't got time for that. No, no, I ain't got time for that. Um, and oh, I want to give another shout out. I don't know if these guys are, are active anymore, but thanks to my friend in run forest run. Uh, I know I had mentioned before that I was interested in doing like a pop punk emo, uh, tribute kind of deal. And, um, he recommended a band out of Chicago called louder now, which is a taking back Sunday song. Um, I watched some of their videos and looked at their promo stuff and it's just, it looks so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. I totally want to do that. It's just, you know, I think I think that project may be able to play a show this year, but I'm not I'm not sure. But I'm a, you know that's how my head works. I'm always on to the next thing. Gotta but think it through. I think, be, 
But yeah, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you don't know about it, check out Louder Now, uh, Run Forest Run, and the bre- uh, not the Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles. Uh, all highly recommended based on go. my uh, my Chicago not trip that didn't happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, listen, as long as we're in the shout out section of the show, yeah. Um, ineargear.com. I don't know if anyone, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with them, but um, they are where I got the um, the MePro transmitter and the receivers and and um, my in-ear monitors. And the dude who runs that, I can't come up with his name right now. It's deep in my email somewhere, um, is super knowledgeable about this whole thing and really was um, very hands-on about product selection for his store. And um, uh, I had a problem in my last show, my my right monitor just basically broke, kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I found a piece of it lying on the ground <laughs> after we played yeah, and that's I, not good. just all bad. And so, um, I emailed him a picture and said, like, I don't know how to fix this. What, you know, what, what, what should I do? Um, and the next thing I knew I had a whole new set in the mail. Oh, wow. It, like, and it took two days to get to me and, um, just like the, a kind of service and a kind of care that is, um, worthy of a shout out on a podcast at the very least. Uh, for sure. If you were looking for in-ear stuff, ineargear.com, he's got a broad selection of monitors with lots of different kinds of, um, you know, driver counts and types and all kinds of stuff like that. And some good, um, options for, whole systems and um yeah very impressed with that with that that service was excellent yeah i've definitely been on their website it looks like it has not changed since like 2005 it hasn't it's a it's not uh not what i would call a modern slick website but for sure the guys behind it are right up with the times very knowledgeable yeah um and because i remember looking them up because they they were one of the houses that are like we'll we'll build you an in-ear rig yes um and I remember being feeling like that would be really appealing other than the fact that I didn't have all the money to do that. That is the um, thing. Yeah. That is always a thing. But it, their their setups looked a lot like my the touring rig of the, my last original band. Uh, it was a very similar setup. So um, definitely check them out uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff because they're, they are very, very informative. And as far as I know, they're the only U.S. vendor for that MyPro stuff or MePro. That's right. Um, That's right. So – Good stuff. So we, as a, uh, as a podcast have tried to build ourselves as a place for cover band musicians and band leaders, but I don't think that we've ever really broached the subject of what, what, what is a cover band musician? What is a cover musician? What, what does that mean? Um, because I, I have some specific opinions on this and I didn't know if you had any as well, Dan, what, what would you say, um, would be our target market with, uh, with this? Well, um, I think an awful lot of what we talk about is, has very little to do with cover bands in particular. I think a lot of it is about bands and, um, certainly the, the episodes we've done on technical things and about, rehearsal and about, I mean, it's just a lot of the material we've talked about hasn't been specific to cover bands. Um, well, and, and also the entrepreneurial small business kind of sure. component as well. Yeah, completely that, completely that. I think that may be so, even more valid for original acts than for, for cover bands. For sure. And, it, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, even, you know, the way that we talk and the way that we, you know, we advertise ourselves, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner that this is only for a certain kind of, you know, a certain kind of musician. But, a long time ago, right when I first started writing the um, the blog, the Cover Band Confidential blog, I had written an article called "Why You Are in a Cover Band Even If You're Not," 
And I was kind of, I told it from, from my story, which was basically, uh, I was in an original band. I was in an original band for eight years. We toured, we made records, we played shows and that kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, what I was playing on stage wasn't always parts that I came up with. You know, some of them were, and some of them were parts that the other guitar player laid down in the studio, but couldn't, you know, do at the same time versus the other thing. Some of it was stuff that producers laid down or guest musicians and that kind of thing. So, and, and I wasn't a primary songwriter for that band. Um, there were other projects that I, I have been affiliated where I was the primary songwriter. Um, but in reality, you know, I joined the band. It was already established. So part of the set, I was playing somebody else's songs I didn't play on or, or help compose. And even the songs that I did help write, I wasn't necessarily playing my parts on. So when that band folded, I kind of went on the kind of hired gun route. And then I was literally playing covers. I was taking other people's songs and I was learning them like they were on the records and replicating them live. Um, to add onto that, I was playing churches, which is literally the same thing. And I, I don't think people quite grasp the idea that, you know, very few people are, are playing original music originally. Right. <laughs> you know, most of the time, if you're trying to make a living as a musician, you're, you're playing covers. And you might be playing, you know, covers of Kelsey Ballerini songs at a, at a bar or at a, at a festival, or you may be playing Kelsey Ballerini covers on stage with Kelsey Ballerini, which is what my friend Sam is doing right now. Right. He didn't play on the records, but man, I, I you should check out that guy's Instagram. It's uh, it's just, that's, that's FOMO to the max. The <laughs> guy's just crushing it. Cool. We played with him. On, I played with him on Sunday one week, and then three weeks later, I saw him on TV on the Grammys. I was like, "This nice. is something." Nice. So good on good on you, Sam. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. You know the 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 biggest rock show I've been to in the last couple of years was um, Roger Waters, um, which who's defies logic right now. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And He's like a Highlander. Show, yeah, his show was incredible. The the stagecraft of it was staggering. Um, but the thing I walked out most blown away by was his two guitarists mm-hmm. who covered note for note, the David Gilmore parts in all of the Pink Floyd songs he played. And, um, I mean, they had his tone nailed. They had, I've studied some Roger Waters or some, uh, David Gilmore solos. Um, I know comfortably numb <laughs> very, very well. Um, the way that David plays it mm-hmm. and, and some variations that he's done on it live. I mean, I've, I've, I've studied it pretty thoroughly. And I watched his guitarist play it in exactly the same positions and exactly the same moves, uh, note for note, perfect. Uh, there's no calling that anything but cover musician. That's, yeah. that, that's a cover musician. He's covering, and he happens to be on stage with the original co-write, co-author of some of those songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, for that matter, <laughs> uh, Roger had a bassist playing most of his bass parts. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't just a thumping on one string, which he wrote a lot of too. Um, cause you want to talk about pressure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, hey, I didn't, I didn't play it that way. <laughs> yes. And no, I mean, in the secret of course is that Gilmore played a lot of the bass on a lot of their albums. Rogers, one of the greatest living songwriters in my opinion, but not that much of an instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, um, it's better to have somebody else playing the bass parts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he can sing 
some some stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Um, what we love about him is his songwriting, not his not his you know performance chops. Yeah. Um, but exactly, you know, like there's a guy doing doing the baseline exactly off of the album, and um, except where not. I mean, there were some times that they reinterpreted some stuff and put mm-hmm. a spin on it, and um, in exactly the same way that I do that with stuff that I cover. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fair to say that you're, um, you're a cover musician in a lot more context than when you set up in the corner of a bar and play, you know. Well, and, and I think it's, it's also side. another a way to consider like, you need to broaden your horizons. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, talking about, you know, just how blurry this line is. Um, there's a guy in town named Nathan and, um, He's been around forever. He was he had an original group uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, but currently, his main gig is he plays. He does Steven Tyler in an Aerosmith tribute. Cool. And it's it's not fair. He's he's probably he's in his forties, but he's like just ripped and plays the whole show without his shirt on and just you know is a total like stud. And it was like, it, and he's a great singer, and it's just amazing. Mm. And then. I don't know, uh, a couple of months ago, I was on blabbermouth.net, which is like a heavy metal um, news page, and he is the lead singer for Lynch Mob, which is the band that George Lynch plays in when he's not playing in Dokken, which uh-huh. is not really what he doesn't really play in Dokken anymore, but his solo band. Um, but like in between those dates, he's still doing tribute shows. Right. Um, and in looking through all of this, um, you know, trying to find subs for this, for this date, these dates that I've got coming up, I got the number of the, um, the gal who plays bass for Janelle Monet. Hmm. And I hit her up and I was like, Hey, I've got a corporate thing. Um, are you available? She's like, I'm in another corporate band and I'm already playing that weekend. So she literally just got off the road with Janelle Monet and she's, you know, she's playing, you know, she's playing some wedding or corporate function just like the rest of us. Yep. So, you know, just because you don't feel like, you know, your, your music's good enough. You know, if you, if you have a skill, you can parlay it as high as you, you know, as you want. If you have the, uh, the wherewithal, the networking capabilities and the business acumen, you know, sky's the limit. Right. Well, that, and, you know, if you are somebody who is looking to feed yourself and maybe your family from your musical uh, ability, then, um, what I, what I've noticed about those people is they don't turn down gigs very often. Nope. So if it happens to be, um, a cover gig versus some, you know, touring with an artist, um, there's just very little snobbery involved when it's about paying the mortgage. Yep. I, you know, we, we can't pay our rent with, uh, with the respect of our, our peers. You know, sometimes you, you just got to take a gig I, and, and there, there are gigs everywhere. Um, yeah, I know a guy who is, uh, who's a solo artist who does original music. He's very, very talented. Um, and he does this gig where he dresses up like a lion <laughs> and sings and dances okay. with other people who are dressed like animals. It's like this weird thing that it's like a kid thing. That sounds like fun. But he does it and I, it's good and he makes good money doing it. Sure. You know, there's no shame in that game at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, there and there are opportunities everywhere. You know, we, we're always lamenting like, oh, you know, it's been a dry month or, 
you know, gigs are kind of whatever and it's seasonal and blah, blah, blah. But fact of the matter is like, if you hustle hard enough, there's, there's all kinds of gigs, totally. you know, they're all out there. Yep. And I want to encourage every single person who's listening to this to find those gigs, you know, be resourceful, be creative, find ways to, um, to use your talents, uh, in non-conventional ways, you know, there, uh, the marketplace is, is wide open and it's, you know, as varied as it's ever been. And, uh, there's money to be made out there and, uh, there's fun to be had yep. and there are songs to be sung. So I know of a guy who Chase does it. solo shows, original stuff that he has built into like a motivational speaking package and markets himself through speakers bureaus. So, mm. you know, he gets booked for conventions and stuff as keynote speaker and he comes out with his acoustic guitar and he does a whole show and you know, those guys get paid at the top, at the top of that game. It is big money for an hour long, big speech. money, big, big money. So, um, yeah. And he's, he's, he's killing it. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's basic economics. You know, if we are, we are in the customer service industry, but we're also in the commodities industry. He found, uh, he found a way to package a product that he created yep. and market it to a specific mark, like a specific group of people. Yep. So he'll, he'll, and that's he'll really show being a keynote speaker for like a company sales convention or something. And then um, he also has an offering where he'll write a custom song for that company, mm-hmm. and you know, give press it onto CDs and and as like a an add on, he'll have however many to give away to all the attendees of the conference, and you know, he's just like mm-hmm. it added all these other features onto his service that each one of them is you know an upcharge that's making him killer money. Yeah. Um, there's a organization out of Atlanta called, uh, banding together, I think is what it's called. And I've got some friends that do it and it's, it's a similar corporate structure deal. And, and what they do is they, um, it, they, they take teams of, you know, people from these different businesses and they, um, they task them with writing a song. And so they, you know, they come up with the lyrics and the melodies and all that stuff. And then, these guys go into a studio and they actually properly record it and mm. make it. And I think there's a performance component in it somewhere, but, um, it's an interesting concept and, um, they, yeah, I mean, they, they keep fairly busy. So, so there's all again, kinds of stuff out there from baseball games to boardrooms. I like it, man, Dan, it was Really great talking to you. It was. We, we, we saved up a lot of topics and we shot through them pretty quick here. Yep. But we're at our, we're kind of at our sweet spot. Yep. So, Let's you know, do this. I'll Let's take do them. This. So, uh, we will call it for this week. Uh, 20 episodes in. Boom. You know, it's, uh, it's, it is, um, it is humbling to, uh, to get emails. You know, we're not, we're not big fish by any stretch, but, uh, getting an email and, any sort of words of encouragement is, uh, is wind in our sails. And it, it's really, really cool that we've somehow managed to create a, um, a community out of, uh, out of nothing as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's been, a, it's been a fun ride and we're going to continue to do this as, you know, f- as long as we can, yep. as long as we have interesting stuff to talk about. Yep. So, uh, thank you all again for your, uh, support. Follow us on social media, Uh, share us with your bandmates and that will be it for us from here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson and from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. And you have been listening to the cover band confidential podcast episode 20. Have a good week.